Welcome to your favorite day of the week. I'm stealing that from myself. This is the Lakers Lounge, very first episode of this. I'm Anthony Irwin. On the other side of this thing is Harrison Fagan. Harrison, I, I, I tweeted this already, but, but I have to share this. So my daughter, and you, I don't think this is a cuss word, but you can have it ready or I can, I can edit it if you want to. Oh no, you're, whatever you curse, that's your curse now. You are editing those out. Like, you know, this, I don't this, think this, it's, this I don't think it's cursing. Okay. It's, I don't think it's cursing. I think I, 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 I heard it on Sons of Anarchy, so I think we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so today, um, uh, Avery like drops something and just goes, shit. <laughs> She is your daughter. It's confirmed. Like that's better than a paternity test, honestly. It's just like if she's already cursing at one years old. Like that's yep, that's Anthony's yeah. child. Well, I was laughing because like I'm trying to think of the times because Jen and I are pretty active and 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 proactive about watching our language around her. And I'm trying to think like when are the times that we just really let loose and. So it's I've come down to two things. I appreciate and, that you said we as if this is like Jen screaming about this too. Well, well, it, all right, it, all it's right. two things. It's one on each side. One is when Jen drops something, you know, and she'll drop a, you know, and I'll do the same thing. And like when we have an accident, we drop whatever curse word happens to come to our mind there. And and that I think is the the most logical explanation. But then there's also she's watched Lakers games with me, and she's watched me watch Andre Drummond miss a lot of layups and a lot of rotations. And so I'm kind of wondering if she's if she can't watch Laker games with me from now on. <laughs> no, I mean I'm now I'm wondering like did she even pick it up? I think we have to blame Jen because if she if it was from you and she was learning what to yell when she gets upset from you watching Lakers games, she would have just yelled Drummond like when she <laughs> dropped it. You know what I mean? Like Andre, she would have just, just yelled like Dre. <laughs> like she that's a bad word. You know, yeah. Like, I, well, I, I put, I so put. I blame um, Jen. I, I think, I think it's Dr. Jen's fault, honestly. <laughs> I'm now that I'm in charge of editing, I get to grab these uh, <laughs> sound bites now. <laughs> All right, so so a little introduction here before we get into the to the nitty gritty of this episode. Lakers Lounge, it's going to air on Fridays. It's going to send you off into the weekend. Harrison and I have always wanted to have as much fun as we possibly can so much so that my our former boss asked us one time do you have to be so funny all the time and my answer was i can't help it <laughs> and i laughed <laughs> <laughs> so so uh that's how this is going to be i i i i've always thought that it's you know on fridays people are taking road trips you, you it's your last day before the weekend and all this stuff so uh th- that's the vibe of this show that's how it's going to be moving forward uh, today's show, we are going to start with some some play-in talk. We are going to, we have to, talk about the center situation. Uh, Harrison and I are going to come down on opposite sides of that one, I think. So that light vibe might disappear for a little while. And then uh, we are going to look ahead to the Phoenix series. If we have some time, we'll get around to talking about the Lakers not being nominated for any of the major individual awards. Um, but... We'll see if we we have time because there's like well, a lot of the NBA didn't have time to nominate them. So it would be really fitting if you tease <laughs> that segment and then we just didn't say anything at the right. end. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, so this is where I wanted to start, though, because I wanted to start things on a light note before you and I start yelling at each other. So the NBA has this play in tournament and 
I would think to the, I think to this point it's a rousing success, not just in terms of like the ratings last night and and uh, the ratings to this point in these games, but also in terms of the ratings in the games leading up to this tournament. I just think all around, no matter what LeBron James says, this has been a successful thing. So successful that I think we need to define some of these things for the fans who are watching this. You know, they they if you're watching on League Pass, there's this one dude who like kind of tries to explain the concept, but the people who have league pass already know that they're going to watch these playing games. And my dad is about as fan as big a Laker fan as I've ever known. He had no idea what was going. He, he thought the Lakers were supposed to play the 10 seed, which I believe were the Spurs. Yes. Uh, and, and so aside from that, aside from like the, the, the marketing and stuff like that, I do think that the stats should count. Like, do you think that the stats in these games should count? I mean, they should at least keep track of them as playing game stats or something. Like, they should count <laughs> for something. I understand why they don't want to, like, reward lower-seeded playoff teams with, I guess, extra chances to accumulate postseason stats. Is like, the only reason I can think of that you wouldn't just count them as playoff stats or because, like, you know, like, guys from the 90s didn't have a chance to play in these playing games. Mm-hmm. I feel like most of that would even out, you know, for yeah. most players across their careers. So that isn't super compelling to me. Although but it would be great. If like one player just racks up, all what if LeBron <laughs> became the all-time leading postseason scorer, but just based on the amount of points he scored in last night's play-in game? You oh know? yeah, that'd be great. Like if he broke the playoff scoring record last night. Yeah. Or no, no, no. I just mean when his career is <laughs> no, done, yeah. he's a, he's ahead by one, and it's by virtue of like them playing in that play-in game. Like otherwise, yeah. he would have fallen short. Michael would 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 go and suit up for the Hornets because they're always <laughs> they're always going to be in the playing game like that. He sells like, his stake just to just to join the team and score a couple yeah, points in the playing game. Two two points in a playing game. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, I I think I mean maybe they just don't feel like the nine and ten seeds deserve to have it count as playoffs. I don't know. Like <laughs> it is weird. They should at least you know. And, and our friend Keith like Parrish, half these teams are going to be playoff teams. Yeah, like and our friend Keith Parrish of the Fast Break Breakfast podcast has been leading yeah. the charge of like these have to count for something you at least got to keep track of like all-time <laughs> playing game stats and you know yeah like finally something the grizzlies can lead the league in but you know like <laughs> I, I think i like it's got to count for something like my understanding is that the nba is just like these just exist in a void like they, like no one's tracking them someone's got to track them at least like they got to was it it's the mirror realm right in, yeah and uh <laughs> like they're just playing this game in this different universe that doesn't exist or whatever like, does lebron james's game like they're all these stats are acting like he, they counted it last night but i think technically that doesn't count as one of his game winners or go ahead shots or whatever because it was in the non-existent <laughs> playing round right you're right because there are all these graphics the going around he's like, like four short of kobe i think he's five in the eyes of he's the still nba five. <laughs> yeah like it would be like it wouldn't surprise me if there was like a lebron clause to this like Stats like, that LeBron, LeBron racks stats up. Stats count like that's in his contract. <laughs> Nobody else. Steph's looking around. He's like, "What?" He's like, "What?" Like, why don't I don't get the thirty-seven points? And they're like, "No, sorry, only LeBron gets play-in stats." And they're they're calling it the play-in tournament, right? Like that's yeah. what that's what it is. Yeah. And to a certain extent, it is a tournament, but to an, another extent, like the, it's literally, you know, there are kind of brackets or whatever, but it's yeah. kind of funky brackets. I think they got to do away with like the funky brackets and 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 just let it be. Just let it be the way that it is. Like I mean, if you put 
I don't mind the way that they're doing it. I think it's actually, like, once I understood it, it actually mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, initially, like your dad, I thought when the concept was announced that it would be 7 playing 10 and 8 playing 9 until, you know, I, like, I actually looked up the rules and discovered yeah. that that's not how it works. I, I think this way is fine, but the changes that I would make are ones that I, I've seen a couple people suggest these, but, like, they should still have the seating, you know, like the, the record thing that they had from the bubble last year where if a mm-hmm. team is far enough ahead, then they avoid the play-in game or something like that that wouldn't have applied to the west teams this year but i believe there's some east ones where it would have applied to and or uh, yeah so i I think that would be a good change and yeah i mean as far as names or whatever i I, maybe they can call it the charlotte hornets or memphis grizzlies memorial play-in tournament you know like the michael jordan tournament yeah because (laughs) that's what they can you imagine if that's what they named after mj like they name all these awards after like david stern and kobe and like bill russell and they name it the michael jordan play-in tournament (laughs) michael jordan would have adam silver killed (laughs) and now i need it now i need it in my life (laughs) i don't be like well michael make the real playoffs then (laughs) <laughs> right own a team that is that is like actually the six seed yeah can you get to the six can seed you get Michael? To the six seed in the east this should not be that hard like <laughs> in the southeast conference like you're <laughs> in the worst conference get to the six spot um all right awkward segue so we're gonna we're gonna jump into this anthony davis had some thoughts on uh the lakers playing small and it's really rare that i see an article that I, well, it hasn't happened since I left Silver Screen and Roll, but it's really rare that I see an article or a headline cross my timeline that like makes me grab my hair. And and this one was one of them. So Anthony Davis says uh, Lakers know that sometimes they'll have to go small to win. That's very different from I am willing to play the five whenever like during the playoffs. So like that's did, very he, different. Well, the only reason that's different is he did literally say that he's willing to play the five to win in the playoffs like two no, no, no. ago. No, I'm not saying that this was a misleading headline. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying, saying that's it's two different stories. Specifically, say that this time is that he's already said that he was talking about them yeah. going small and like how he felt about those lineups, basically. <laughs> right. My thing is. The Lakers are allowed to be a bad matchup for teams, right? Like, they don't have to wait for a team to be a bad matchup for their big guys to then go small and be a bad matchup for the other team. The whole point in basketball, from a coaching standpoint, is to make yourself so good. Like, this is John Wooden's entire philosophy. We are going to make teams adjust to us. There is no point in game planning for teams. Well, not no point, but so long as we play our game, we are not going to be beaten. Now, that was the case back when John Wooden was coaching, and there were like five decent players in, in the country at that time. But still... All like, the rest of them were plumbers. They were all like uh, plumbers <laughs> and electricians, every every yeah. single one of them. Right. I think... On it was, it was just Kareem and like four electricians suiting up at uh, like for, for those Bruins. No, I think on his downtime, John Wooden also was a plumber. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, coaching probably did not pay as much back then. So he, yeah. I don't, I doubt he had a second job, but he probably like owned a business or something that he, something. Were, yeah. I mean, he was such a legend that I think he was doing all yeah, right. Yeah, he was probably were, fine. Were, but like Cal State Fullerton's coach coaches. at the time probably like managed a Wendy's or something Doesn't like he that. still? Does, does, oh my but, God. Do not, please do not respect, disrespect Diedrich Taylor like this. He's a friend of the podcast. <laughs> Is he? Yeah, I mean, he's a huge Lakers fan. I don't know if he listens, but he is. A well, big if he fan. doesn't, then I I say what what I say. Enemy of I the said. podcast, <laughs> right? But, but but if he if he does, then then I take it back. Tusks up, right? 
Um, but yeah, I, I, so, so yeah, so the, the, I see this headline and it says, Anthony Davis says Lakers know that sometimes they'll have to go small to win, which is like a begrudging acknowledgement of, yeah, sometimes we have to hit that extra gear to win playoff games. That sure sucks. And you can kind of understand why he didn't win very many playoff games before he arrived in L.A. Okay, I think you're being a little harsh on AD. To be no, honest, I wanted to get my like, I wanted to get my Fox Sports in there. Like, yeah, I just no, wanted... I, I mean, I think you're being a little harsh on AD. And honestly, I'm having a hard time seeing what I, I understand what you're upset about. I'm having a hard time seeing how this is not exactly what you were talking about with the wooden quote, where we want to make teams adjust to us. Like that's what the Lakers are doing. They're not changing mm. the way that they play oh. just to have a, just because well, a different another team plays differently. This is what the hold on just this is what they yeah. did throughout the playoffs last year, where mm-hmm. they would go with the same starting lineup basically into every series. I think they started out the final starting Dwight Howard over JaVale McGee, but other than that, for the most part, and the, even then they still stayed big and didn't go small until they needed to. They did the same thing in every single playoff round, and like for the games where the big uh, for the series where the big lineups worked, like the one against the Nuggets, they stuck with it. The one against the Blazers, it worked relatively well, but the ones against the Rockets and the ones against the Heat, where those two teams played less conventionally and differently than the Lakers did, the Lakers eventually said, okay, we do have to downsize, and now we are also better at this than you. But I Mm -hmm. think that for them, there's a certain way that I think Vogel views basketball as like a smash mouth where you want to be larger than your team. I think that's clearly the way that Palinka also builds these teams. That's something that's mm-hmm. a vision from him. And, you know, by extension, we can gather well, that it's probably a vision from LeBron and AD because they have yeah. large hands in this. And just to wrap this up, you know, they're not playing big because, you know, like, uh, like always, it's not solely because they feel like they can always beat teams that way. It, it's And it's not just because... Anthony Davis like doesn't want to play center or something it's partially uh you know like a load management strategy it's saving him wear and tear and you know with the in way the that playoffs. he's been able to in a playing game you're one game potentially away from elimination and we're just, worried about load management I understand that argument and I don't think that it was the load management last night obviously I just think that psychologically it's easy for us on the outside to be like okay just bench Drummond but then how does that make Drummond feel you know like how does that make the team feel that we are so threatened by this team that barely made the playoffs even though we're saying we're the defending champs we're healthy now we're better than the six seed but we have to adjust to them like that just doesn't sound like the mentality of this Lakers team for good or for bad you know eventually they adjusted obviously did that cost them early in the game yes but I also I see what they were trying to go for even if it didn't work I I think that they felt like they could get an advantage on the glass and that would make a difference again no one is disputing that it did not work but I, Mm -hmm. I understand you know, I don't want to just be the hindsight is twenty twenty guy. Like I, I was fine with them trying it at least, and they adjusted in time and they won the game. Well, but like the in time there is an important part of that last sentence. In time, that's what this entire season has been. Like, hopefully, we'll hopefully we'll watch the Lakers adjust, and maybe that adjustment will come in enough time for them to get their stuff together and win a basketball game. And early on in the year, when everybody was healthy and everybody was humming. That was the case. They were able to, they would go on those wild runs and, and, and make every team in the NBA look ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, now at this point though, where you have LeBron coming back from injury, you have Anthony Davis coming back from injury. Like I was talking about on, on, on the Lakers lowdown show and then on the locker room show. And I'm sure Sabrina and, and Jazz talked about it too. ED didn't look very good. Like the, the, no. he, he, by the end of the game, like even by, it was, it was actually surprising when he was dunking. 
It was he got up there for that left-handed lob that he threw down, and I was like, "Whoa, he's had that this whole time." And 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 he was a lot more interested in in shooting jumpers and shooting threes. And you know, I, I just they're working with. It's good that they didn't lose. It's good that they won. But I think they need to be reminded at this at some point with a hard reminder that margin for error that you guys think you have isn't the same one that you had at the beginning of the season. And and especially the deeper that you go into this this postseason, like they aren't I don't think they're gonna have the same they aren't as 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 better than everybody in the, the as they were last year in the bubble this year. Like that- they, they that's the fairest critique, I think, in terms of it, it, them getting... I'm not saying the Lakers, like, you know, had a walk. Like, those teams looked really good until they played the Lakers. You know, the Lakers mm-hmm. were really good last they year. They were healthy. Yeah, the, and they the, were healthy. Anthony and, Davis and LeBron James were healthy. Yes, I, I do agree with you that they have less margin for error this year. And I do agree that there are going to be series where they have to adjust and they have to go to that small ball full-time if, again, provided the AD is healthy enough to play it. Because that is... Like, like that's the big thing here. Because you're right. Like, he really did look like himself until later mm-hmm. on in that game and did the small ball make it easier for him to like you know succeed offensively I think there's probably think so. a degree of truth to that yeah. especially if you're limited you know opening up the lane for him that's probably a good thing that said I I think that they're gonna approach the playoffs in a similar way that they did last year where you know if they let's say that they lose on Sunday against the Suns and it's very clear that it was their big lineup like I don't think that against the Suns this is going to be the problem but let's just say hypothetically Mm -hmm. they go into this series and their big lineup is clearly the problem the AD at the five minutes they just destroyed and the other minutes they didn't going into the next game they're gonna adjust and like that's kind of how they play these things out I, I don't think that it's like it's going to take three games to adjust. We saw it every single time in the playoffs last year where mm-hmm. every time they lost the game, they made an adjustment, whether it was schematically, whether it was rotation-wise, sometimes both. You know, they adjusted to that stuff, but they are not going to change the way that they want to play just because hypothetically you could exploit them this way because they feel like they have an advantage on you in maybe this other way, like on the glass or whatever. Again, Drummond, I... I I think he's taking a little too much flack today. I think that the fairest way to put it is that I think that I don't think he was the problem, but I don't think he was the solution either. You know, they mm-hmm. had bigger problems than that, but I don't, I, again, I don't think that he helped last night. And that yeah. was the biggest takeaway. I think that against the Suns, we just saw him and AD dominate together against that team. And so yeah. I think that against the Suns, someone like that has utility. But again, mm-hmm. like if they play, I'm trying, like who are their options for the second round? I've like lost track of my brackets in my head. It would Me be, too. yeah. But anyway, it would be like, like if they play a team in the second round that's going small, then, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, I would not be shocked to see them downsize and play the best center in the NBA at center. But I, I think that until then, they like the size that they have across positions. They like that AD can kind of come in as a weak side shot blocker and that LeBron can play free safety in these lineups and they don't have as much like rim protection response, primary rim protection responsibilities. Like, you know, Drummond has his flaws, but I don't think that he was the main reason they were having issues last night. Although again, you know, at this point, it's hard to dispute that it didn't help getting him out of the game. I I think, I think honestly, both things can be true. I, I think that he can have done a good amount of things right, but just by virtue of his size and his presence, you know, it was easier on them offensively, especially against that Warriors team and the unique way that they're constructioned to take advantage of the small team. I have a lot to retort to, and let's do that after the break. I agree to a certain extent that Drummond caught 
too much flack specifically because Montrez Harrell went in there and I thought was worse. Like Montrez Harrell went in there. Offensively, certainly. Of, he he gave them some pop offensively, but yeah, on the other end, it was uh it was not pretty. Yeah. And and so like he he was it got to the point where Clippers fans were like, Oh yeah, I, I remember that guy. That that, that <laughs> guy that, <laughs> we saw that. And and so, you know, ironically, Ivica Zubots is probably the same kind of big that they're probably lauding now. They're probably thrilled that he's gonna have uh, as much opportunity he's gonna get, but is also somebody who would probably struggle against that Warriors team, right? And so it's not that it's a Drummond specific thing. It's just that he's the person in that spot. And it was so glaringly obvious when they didn't have anybody that size in there. When they also, didn't, when they just I, I just want to add this. I just pulled it up. The 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 3-6 matchup is the uh is the Nuggets, Nuggets and Trailblazers. Portland, which again is like that's a, those are two teams where Drummond or big lineups could theoretically have some utility. Possibly. Possibly. I Jokic torches Drummond like he yeah I mean I, I, for that one I would say more Mark but uh, <laughs> but like a big line <laughs> well, but that's that's general. the other yeah. thing so so there were there were a couple things I was going to say so I wanted to finish the point about Drummond and 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 Montrez because and I'm sure that you've by this point those of you listening to this have heard other people make this this point but it's not like when we say that AD didn't look good he all of a sudden started looking better right he 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 still didn't. I still haven't quite seen the same pop from him this year as we saw from him last year where like he was getting the like one, one fun thing to kind of watch. If you, if you guys have time, watch those bubble games and how far off the defenders were on him when he was shooting, even though it was in isolation or whatever, they were backing way off because at any moment he could just rock step and it's gone. He's but, just gone. Yeah, he. This is going to sound blasphemous, but there were games where he looked like a beefier Kevin Durant. Yeah, no, I mean, there's there's reason why after that playoff run, people were like, wow, where does this guy actually rank in terms of the best players in the NBA right now? Yeah. Right now, you watch him shoot those shots. And yes, last night was against Draymond Green, who might be the best player ever equipped to guard Anthony Davis. But still, you watch a lot of the jumpers that he's taking. And and unless they're three pointers, which teams are now giving him because he's shooting like they, the Draymond 20%. gave him the Draymond treatment last night. Yeah, yeah, he was yelling backpack. It was yeah. like, they were just <laughs> screaming backpack at each other. It was <laughs> just screaming. Yeah, right. So so like the 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 thing that the reason I wanted to point this out is like when people say, well, he's been knocking down that shot all year, and he was knocking down that shot all in the postseason last year. And it's like, well, yeah, but those shots looked very different. Because it was set up by the threat of him blowing by you in the first place. Now, if all of his moves are 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 designed to get to that mid-range jumper, that's a very different thing than taking what the defense gives you and taking a wide open mid-range jumper. And so when 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 Drummond wasn't out there, he had more room to operate. And because of that, the defense had to be a little bit more obvious, and those jumpers they started to look a little bit more clean. They also looked a little more clean because he was developing some some uh, some confidence because he was getting to the rim because he got a couple and ones, and 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 he was able to do that not just not because Andre Drummond specifically wasn't out there because he was it's looked ugly when Montrez Harrell has been out there, and 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 even sometimes when Marcus Allis looked has been out there for whatever reason they've been playing in a reverse spot when they're out there and and. And so when, when AD starts looking at his best like that, and, and it's still, I think, relative, 
But when AD starts looking at his best, that's where I say the Lakers have to do whatever it takes to get AD to look like that. Because when he does, there is nobody who can beat the Lakers. Nobody. Yeah, I think you make a lot of good points. But I do think that, like you mentioned, Draymond is uniquely well-suited, maybe better than anyone that AD has ever went up against to guard AD. Like, he's just, he's good in that matchup. And especially a slightly limited physically AD. Again, we don't know how limited. He looked really good, like, a week before the playoffs or whatever. So, and who knows if he... And uh, he was screaming, I'm back, man. So, to a certain extent, it's like that Steph thing. As soon as you go out and say that, you are 100% my Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. That's the new injury report. Is like, like... you have just given us the medical update. <laughs> there's, you know? a, there's a video of you saying, I'm back, you're back. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and so I think that, but I, I do think that last night, I, I I don't like to do this like machismo type of analysis or whatever, but I think Draymond was in his head a little bit. Like I, little the bit. backpack treatment, like I think, you know, Lord knows what he was saying. One of the best trash shockers to ever live. Um, yeah. You know, and again, like, AD played well. AD I would say it around Avery yeah, is what I would say. <laughs> AD got, got the last laugh. But I think yeah. for the first couple quarters, I, I do think Draymond was in his head a little bit and mess it because mm-hmm. he looked hesitant when he was shooting. He really seemed to be thinking about it. And who knows, again, if that's like, are my legs all the way under me or I haven't made a whole lot of threes yet, so I'm doubting it. I, maybe that's not just Draymond and whatever. But mm-hmm. if you're going to space out there, then you have to take it confidently. You can't just like yeah. stand there, wait and see if somebody's going to close out and then be like, ah. Shit, I, I gotta to shoot, shoot it, you know? Yep. Like, yeah. so I think I think it's all of those things a little bit. And some of this is on AD. Like some of it is not not that Absolutely. I'm not that you're saying that all of it's on Drummond. Some of it is like No, he it's his choice. Yeah. He, he he can. Like, so you used the the wooden analogy earlier, right? You you use the wooden comparison where UCLA I mean, technically post- I just used your wooden comparison. But- yeah, but it's kind of tweaked though, because those UCLA teams didn't have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar starting at small forward, right? Like, like that. He if Kareem went to John Wooden and said, "Hey, coach, I think I want to play point today," I don't think Wooden would have would have allowed him to play point. And I'm not saying that Frank Vogel is you know completely powerless to the whims of the big bad athlete. Like I, no, I mean, I, I want to make sure I want to clearly sees the game a certain, a certain way too. Like I think yeah. I don't think that he would be hired if he didn't have similar philosophies as LeBron, AD, and Polinka. Mm-hmm. But but like those UCLA teams force teams to adjust to them by playing their best version of themselves. The Lakers right now are not playing the best version of themselves. They just aren't. They're starting these games with a hand tied behind their back, and and. We can there there can be all kinds of reasons, especially during the regular season. Like that's fine. Yeah, I, that's fine. I, I I kind of get it there. Even though to a certain extent, I would say AD would get less wear and tear on him driving into keys with fewer defenders in them. Like I think I think there's a case to be made there, but he clearly doesn't see the game that way. Yeah, that's and how, in the regular a, season. That's the thing that I always tell people is like it doesn't matter how any of us on the outside like that's yeah. how AD feels. And until well, somebody matters. gets him to feel differently, Harrison, like what we say matters. Until 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 my close personal friend Anthony Davis feels differently, you know, yeah. like. Yeah. It's 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 up to him ultimately, right? Right, and so, but but still, in these playoff settings, and and especially as these series go along, I I just I just wish it didn't take desperation to force the Lakers to play their best basketball. Like the Lakers should realize that they are allowed to take leads. They they are allowed to go out there 
and stomp on a team right from the beginning of a game. Now, maybe they don't want to risk going small like that and then going to Drummond and making themselves that much worse off the off the bench. Like that that might strategically be fair. Like that might be a tactical point that they're making. They're saying, "Well, look, we are starting in fourth gear, and when we go to fifth gear, that's when we really ratchet it up. But if we start in fifth gear and then it doesn't work, going to fourth gear makes it so that that five-point deficit coming out of fourth gear turns into a 10-point deficit when we now have to try to ratchet it up again in, 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 into Anthony Davis playing the five mode. So like maybe there are explanations here. I just would like to hear them. Just, be roster, great. just roster construction-wise, if you look at it, sort of like you're saying, I think, like if they go and they're just like, all right, we're going to start AD at the five. That's where he's going to play exclusively mm-hmm. during this uh, like playoff run. It's not... They have not all- allocated their roster well to be able to do that. No. And then that's no. without saying no, no, like... No, 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 no. Then LeBron yeah. has to play the four more, something that he doesn't really want to do a whole lot. So yep. if we're criticizing guys for not wanting to play up yeah, the position, absolutely LeBron's, fair. you know, reticence in this case, I think is even more fair because he's also old now. And, mm-hmm. you know, according to reports playing on one leg and only has one eye and I one think eye. he's missing like an arm, um, mm-hmm. you know, possibly – you know, has is possibly concussed. He might have been hung over from the night before. He might have had that pizza flu. Oh my god! Yeah, no, he was. Just, look, I, I'm just saying the one eyed game is better. It's better than the flu game. Like Michael Jordan never won a game with one eye. Um, and the flu. Like no, Michael I mean, just had the flu. LeBron might have had the flu and lost an eye. <laughs> and is playing on a bum ankle. Yeah, and is playing with not his best lineups, and so he's really having to will his team to victory. And like yeah. you know, uh, the, uh, he's going having to win with these plucky underdog Lakers. You know, and <laughs> yeah, so, no Scotty on his team. Yeah, Scotty. So, imagine if Scotty said like, "Nah, I wanted to play. I want to play point guard." Scotty's like, like, "I want to play center." <laughs> Back in the nineties. <laughs> uh, um, no, Dennis Rodman, not that far from center size. Yeah, I think. Look, I, I think that all of this stuff that you're saying is fair. I, I think that roster-wise, they aren't super well positioned to do that. And again, like that comes back to the same, you know, uh, the same decision makers and all of that stuff and whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at this point, that is what it is. I also like. I, I think what I'm curious about is in terms of like real. I or actually before I ask that, um, the other thing too about playing this. I have style, one more thing before we move on from center stuff too. But. Yeah, yeah. So. The thing about playing this style, and there's no way to know if this is actually what's going on, but I do wonder if they are getting a little bit of, remember how last year when we would talk about the bigger, stronger Lakers, like, you know, trademark mm-hmm. Laker film room, it was like, they wear on you over the course of mm-hmm. a game. I just, even if it's not working, that has to take a physical toll to have to box out Andre Drummond every single time on the on the defensive glass. Like, Maybe. you know, there probably is a fatigue. And again, I'm not saying that that justifies playing that way, but there probably are some benefits to it that we don't necessarily directly see in the box score. I'm trying not to come mm-hmm. off as too much of an apologist here. I'm mostly playing Maybe. devil's advocate. But the thing that I'd be most curious about from you is like in terms of realistic solutions, because I think both of us acknowledge like playing AD as only a five starting every single game like that. That's, that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Like whatever mm-hmm. we want, wh- however you as the listener feel, you know, it's just however it Vogel sucks. feels. It's just it, like, it, we, we need to point out that it sucks that it's not going to happen, yeah. but it's, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to. So like, what would your solution be? Like you're empowered and you're given like a job that you were wildly underqualified for tomorrow. They're just like Anthony, <laughs> well, 
point, like this Actually, one. Actually, Frank is example. out. Frank ate too much pizza. He's out with the pizza flu. We need you to. Uh, he also lost an arm and an eye. Uh, we we yeah. need you to fill in as coach. Like, what are you doing here in your first? Uh, like in your first thing. Well, I would I would tell people you aren't allowed to hang out with Drake because people's limbs are falling off by after hanging out with Drake. But no, I, like I just wish the Lakers had a a solid defensive center who spaced the floor and was a very willing and capable passer. Maybe one with championship pedigree as well. Anthony Davis. <laughs> <laughs> like I just I just wish that there was a big on the Lakers roster who who checked those boxes but you know seeing as that isn't the case I guess we just got to roll with Markeith Morris right we like that's <laughs> who's shooting like one of 30 from three in his last like <laughs> like Markeith would have played last night if he had not if he, completely yeah. fallen off a cliff over the last month right but like, I, I do actually want your thoughts on this because this is one of the things that is actually kind of like the AD not playing at the five thing. That is his own personal choice. That is his own, you know, decision there. And, and it actually pays dividends in seasons that aren't as marred by injury as this one were was. Yeah. Uh, but Marcus all just finding his way to the doghouse time after time, after time, after games in which like he just clearly makes the Lakers hum, even if it doesn't make them statistically world beaters, right? Because Marcus Hall is I mean, at he, that. He point. is by far the best net rating of any of their centers. So statistically yeah. it's looked pretty good when he's out there. Right. But I mean, but I, like, even, even if people are saying like, oh my God, like, well, you're only talking about, you know, an old Marcus Hall or whatever, but it's, but it's, it's about skill sets, right? Like if AD wants to play the four, to avoid wear and tear, uh, the, the, to avoid the wear and tear of bumping into bigs, and also when you have Anthony Davis out on the court, you want him to be able to slash. You want LeBron James to be able to slash. You want Dennis Schroeder to be able to slash. You would like a a tertiary uh, creator to at least make the right swing pass time after time after time. And I just think Marcus Gasol does all of those things, and and. I, I don't know if you're watching it thinking the same thing things I am like where, where, where it's just, where the hell is this guy? What is going on? So look, you, you can all check the tape. You can all check the archives going back to the first Drummond, you know, the first Drummond rumors. I said, well, I don't really think that this doesn't make sense to me. Marcus Gasol is better. I wrote this yeah. time after time after time. And, you know, I think that... I went like, even further and I said Damian Jones is better. <laughs> okay. I, I'm not there. Drummond is better than Damian Jones. I'm sorry, Anthony. But, like, I think that Drummond has his merits. I have, I have like, improbably become, like, a pro-Drummond guy just by not hating him personally. <laughs> um, like, so I, I'm not going to sit here and say Marc Gasol could not help at times. Because Marc Gasol, in certain matchups, is a great, like, guy. Like, I think mm -hmm. in probably... More matchups than Drummond is a, yeah. is the right answer. I don't think that the Warriors are one of those matchups. Like, I just, no part of me was watching that game last night and going, like, Marc Gasol is going to fix this. Because you know what the Warriors were going to do? They were just going to play right off of him, too. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. like, you know, they, he's not going to hit five threes in a game and make them pay enough for it that they're going to adjust their strategy. They're just going to continue to play off of him and take the benefits Ooh, of it. I don't know if I disagree there. They would care a lot more about him standing out at the three-point line than they do about Andre Drummond. Well, yes, standing but Drummond at the free wasn't throw standing line. out at the three-point line. No, but he was standing at the free throw line, which means which means that like 
on top of not providing any kind of spacing, he also is clogging up the paint. So he I just kept Drummond, getting in the way. I thought Drummond took a lot of flack last night for everything. Uh, I thought mm-hmm. that, you know, offensively, obviously he was not helping at all. And that was mm-hmm. like made clear by the run that they went on, whatever. But you're right defensively. Defensively, yeah. he was imperfect. But I think mm-hmm. that he was better suited defensively. for. And we know which way Frank Vogel leans when he's making mm-hmm. these decisions. In terms of foot speed and like perimeter mobility that's one of the few things that he's been good at I think AD kind of highlighted this after the game that a lot of these were rotations that Drummond was not necessarily used to making because of how Mm -hmm. like unconventionally small the Warriors are but for the most part like when his job has been simple and it's just like stay with this guard that is not Steph Curry the greatest shooter alive like he's Mm -hmm. done fairly well on the perimeter and so in this specific matchup I think defensively he was a better fit there are matchups where you can make the argument I just did earlier on this podcast where Marcus Gasol is probably by far the better big for a series against mm-hmm. the Nuggets potentially again against the Suns I don't really know who's the answer I haven't watched enough of Aiton this year to have like a strong feeling one way or the other Gasol because Gasol forces Aiton out of the paint yeah so I mean that's fair to have that opinion I think that again there are a lot of matchups where Gasol can really help this team but I'm not completely abandoning the Drummond thing because I do think like, again, you know, you got to keep him warm. I think for the, like, at least the start series, don't completely just like DNP. They're not going to completely DNP anyone. I don't think they're going to try and Mm -hmm. find matchups where they can find spots for guys because all of them can have utility in certain matchups. Like I I think Trez can have, Trez can have value in this Phoenix series. Like I, just like, I think Drummond, we saw him eat the, we saw him basically single-handedly beat the Nets without LeBron and AD. You know, like Mm -hmm. he's going to have a ton of value in a potential finals there. It's just a matter of getting there. And I think that more often than not, they're going to pull the right levers to get themselves there. It may not result in the quickest ending series or anything like that, but I think on balance, it's still the right approach to keep everyone engaged, to keep everyone bought in, and then have those weapons for when you really need them. But again, you know, I could look really stupid if he ends up benching Drummond for this entire Sun series because he decides Gasol's a better fit. And we've seen that Vogel will take his starter and like mm-hmm. JaVale and just be like, Hey, you're just out of the rotation for this series. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And so again, I'm not, I'm still not ruling that out. The play in game did not change my thoughts on whether or not he may do that at some point with Drummond, with Trez, with Gasol. Well, we know he'll do it with Gasol, but with, uh, with Drummond or Trez, you know, well, that, that, in one like, of these that's, series. That's one of my points. though, is like, we're so worried about Andre Drummond's feelings, but like, I guess Marcus Gasol doesn't have feelings. He I just think Marcus Gasol's feelings were hurt, but I think Marcus Gasol, they know, is strong mentally and is going to stay ready and did. You know, and he Drummond had, isn't. Like, I, the, the, I don't think the that Drummond is here. Aren't great, man. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I I don't think that they necessarily feel like Drummond is. I mean, you just just look at you know, Mirren Fader wrote an excellent profile on mm-hmm. Drummond yesterday, and look like for all the talk that he said about, I don't care what people say on social media. I stopped trying to impress anyone else like all that that's usually the sign of somebody who cares about what people say on social media. all that stuff may be true yeah. let's let's say that it's true read phil handy's quotes in that piece and tell me yeah. that they're about someone who they think is like this super alpha male is going to like buy in whatever like phil handy talked about having to tell him hey we need the grizzly bear like you mm-hmm. know they don't have to tell marcus all we need the grizzly bear you know what i mean like marcus all yeah. was literally a grizzly you know, he knows how, like, he he was forged in those fires. He knows how to be a grizzly. Um, and so, like, I just, again, I'm not saying that he's soft or he's any, you know, whatever. I just think that he is a different personality type than the unshakable confidence of Marc Gasol. Marc Gasol was pissed when he went out of the rotation, but Marc Gasol was not... 
I, you know, I suck at basketball now. Whereas, you know, Drummond, if you get cut by the Cavs, like you, you're out of the rotation on two teams, they give up on you just reading the mental space that he was at and trying to get his way back. I don't know if you get bring him back from that. And again, this is I'm probably going out of my lane and psychoanalyzing a little bit. I yeah. just think that they're very different personalities. And Gasol is someone who you are not – you may piss him off, and they did. They, he was really mad. He considered asking for a buyout. He basically admitted that on the record You know when they, did, when they made the signing. But he didn't admit that because he thought he sucked at basketball now. He's like, I'm better than this guy and I can play, was very yeah. much his mentality it seemed like. And so, again, I think that when he comes in, he has come in and displayed with that mentality. And so I'm less worried about that. But Drummond and Trez are the guy who's, who I would be a little bit more worried about. If you completely take them out of the rotation, what does it look like when you bring them back in? This is not the right thing to say in 2021, but in the postseason, to a certain extent, it's like bleep your feelings. No, like it's I mean, what look, it's what's best for the team, man. Hey, like that's what we're at. But if they need the ringer them isn't, later the on, ring, the ringer isn't asking me to write long, lengthy profiles. Whether they're asking Mirren Fader, you know why? Because they don't care about my feelings. At the end of the day, it's what's best for their website. I care about like, your feelings. You can write long form pieces here. I'd let you. I'd play you out of position, man. I, I don't like your to feelings. Read. I don't even like to read. You expect me to write? No, look, I, I, I get that, man. I get that mindset. I'm just thinking, I'm trying to get put myself in their head and what they might be yeah. thinking in terms yeah. of how they've gone about this. They don't this want to lose this guy yet. Me. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe, you know, come finals or whatever, where the season's about to end anyway, losing Andre Drummond in a Oh, come the finals, knows. they don't care. I promise you they don't care. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. like maybe right now it's too early to to apply that approach. The Lakers maybe eventually they'll The Lakers didn't start DNPing JaVale until the second round when it was like, okay, like we are not going to beat this team if we play this guy. And if they get yeah. to that point, you know, if they see something, that was like basically by like game one or game two that they had decided like we just are not winning this series like if JaVale yeah. plays significant minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and so, I, and like Dwight was out of the rotation and all of that stuff. Like they're going to, when they feel like they're bad, I know that you want them to do it right from the jump, but they're going to go into, I think they're going to go into this stuff and they're going to try and put together the best game plan they have with their main personnel. And then if they feel like, Hey, the tape is showing this guy cannot play. That's obvious to everyone on the team. That's obvious to everyone in those film sessions. This guy cannot play against this specific opponent. We aren't in the regular season. It's not a different opponent every night. We're just going to take you. And for this opponent, you are going to sit down. I still have Mm -hmm. faith that they're going to do that if it becomes necessary. They eventually did it last night. Yeah. You know, which which would help your point. My point is is not disagreeing with your point. My point is like, you know, you could you're allowed to just be really good from the jump. True. You're you're allowed to. But it's, it's, again, it's legal. It's in the CBA. It's not there's no CBA thing that says. No, in like the you CBA to, it says you can try to play to win the game. <laughs> right. You can make you whatever play to win the game. All right. We gotta we gotta segue over and preview. We are the last people that uh, people are going to listen to on this podcast feed before the Lakers tip against Phoenix on Sunday. Uh, how confident are you in that one? I thought it was funny that immediately the Lakers are favored as if they were the two seed in Vegas. I, I just uh, thought that it was funny that the Lakers were basically talking like they were the two seed. They're like, we don't view ourselves as the seventh seed. I'm like, did the Lakers just decide that they were the two seed? Like, they're like, we no, sorry, we have home court advantage now. Like, <laughs> I was going to say. The Lakers are going to forfeit game one hey. because they stayed at Staples Center, like in protest that they should have had home court advantage. No, or they're, or they're actually going to come out and play really hard in game one so they get the home court advantage. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then they'll go back to like messing around. Yeah, like, they're they'll... AD at the five for forty minutes in game one, just to prove <laughs> that they're they're gonna like completely alpha the Suns and then like go back to kind of playing however you know for uh, for the rest of the series. No, yeah. um, I'm very confident. I, health health pending. I I, I was yeah. asked for my predictions. That's for, always the yeah, uh, but I, I just always feel like I have to say it so that people can't like old takes expose me for an injury. You can old takes expose me if my prediction is wrong. No, but no, just... no. I, I I'm fighting back on this. If your old takes exposing somebody after like one of the main Lakers is not available later in the series, like you're just a garbage online person. Yeah, like, no, that's you're not, not good. That's at not this. clever. You yeah. just suck at this. You yeah. don't get to do this anymore. Somebody take away their online keys. You don't get to do this anymore. All right, go ahead. But so again, with that caveat, I was asked for my prediction for SB Nation today. I was asked to submit kind of my like my Lakers in X, you know, mm-hmm. uh, predict or Suns in X. If I had felt like it, was they would have let me pick the Suns had I wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. I did not. I picked Lakers in five because I just mm-hmm. I. I what this team They're gonna did, lose the one drum in game. <laughs> yeah, like what this team did to the Suns without LeBron, you know, with yeah. and like how glaring of a matchup advantage that Anthony Davis looked like. Like, you know, I just I, I'm sorry, the Suns have had a nice year. I'm not suggesting they're fool's gold. They are just a horrible matchup for this Lakers team, you know, yeah. it, for for themselves. So I, I'm I actually, very confident that the Lakers can handle this. I actually feel kind of bad for the Suns. Yeah, I do too. Like it just it just really sucks that they had the year that they had and because of the way the NBA is marketed. Like, I don't, I don't say this to sound like I'm pitying them. Like, I don't, I don't want to sound condescending like that. I, I, I think it's a knock on the NBA that people are going to watch this series. And if the Lakers win handily, and I'm not guaranteeing that they are, I'm not saying that they definitely are going to do that. Uh, I just think it, it, it will suck if the Lakers beat them handily in five games or whatever. And the, and the conversation about that goes back to like, well, well, everybody's just going to roast Paul and yeah. Yeah. Well, but like it would suck. I think it would be really stupid because, and I think that again would, would reflect poorly on the way that the NBA is, is marketed because the, the sun should be a story that people know about. They should like, they should get credit for it. It's not the sun's fault that the Clippers and Nuggets duck the Lakers and put them into this matchup. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And and like, look, maybe the Suns. It's not come the Suns' fault that the Clippers and... were so scared. The Clippers and Bla- and Nuggets were so scared of this matchup that they basically were like, "We will tank games to get the Mavericks or uh, or Trailblazers in the." And again, I'm not blaming those teams for doing that, but that's not the Suns' fault. The Lakers should have been right. a higher seed than this and should not have been in this position. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, it's it's a bummer for them. It's a bummer for their fans, and and it's a real bummer for Chris Paul, who looks like he's just kind of. Gonna have that career. He's gonna be this this generation's Charles Barkley. Well, I don't know. Not when he joins the Lakers for the minimum next year, Anthony. <laughs> gonna LeBron's gonna get him a ring. Yeah, I'm 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 down. I'm down with it. All right, that's gonna do it for this episode. I also am taking the Lakers in five because I, I am actually applying the drum. You're aggregating my take. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> where's where's Kawakami at? He's like gonna run out of run into my office. I still have the screenshot shot of just it's just his Abby, and it just says, "Is this guy an aggregator?" I think so, and then I just cut <laughs> off the rest of it. Like, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm also saying Lakers in five, uh, and and yeah, we'll see how this goes. Though I I, I am kind of curious. There are some things that that. Uh, the Suns do that make me a little nervous. They shoot the ball really, really well. Chris Paul tears up drop bigs in in the postseason. Like that is something that. But if you were designing you know, a guard rotation to like deal with Chris Paul, it, like it might look a lot like this Lakers one. Well, I mean, if you were designing a guard rotation, yeah. 
<laughs> well, I don't know. You probably have Chris generally Paul. Generally speaking. Or like Steph Curry or whatever. But yeah, defensive well, guard but you rotation. Can't, you aren't going to you aren't gonna have those kinds of guards on, on a LeBron, Anthony Davis yeah. team unless you're doing like those guys for the men, right? Yeah. But like we said the same exact thing against Steph Curry. You know, if you were to design a group of guards to hope to contain Steph Curry, this is what it would look like. And he's still went off for 35 points. These guys are just really bleeping good. Yeah. And then if you're going to an even lower tier, like Dame Lillard, you know, in the, in the first <laughs> round last year, you know, would you even offer him the minimum? Like, would you No. Oh, for the minimum, I would take him. Don't get me wrong. Dame's good. I'm not, the slander doesn't go that far. I just think like the, the coverage of him is so unbelievably dishonest. Like, um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I don't... Well, yeah. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything. Um, what, yeah. uh, the, the only other thing, do you want to know, do you want to feel more confident? Do you yeah. know what percentage Devin Booker shot against the Lakers from three this year? 32. 22. Whoa. Yeah, he shot two of nine. So huge sample size there. Only nine? Yeah, he only took nine against the Lakers. It's That's because crazy. that one game he got thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, <laughs> no, I think he was like two for two in that game. Right. I swear. Like he was on fire. Like he was destroying yeah. them. And then he got thrown out on like this weird technical call. Um, yeah. Part of the grand conspiracy to take Against down the, the Lakers. Yeah. Yes. Yep. All right, guys. Uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy that game Sunday. I will be back on Monday uh, to recap it on uh, Lakers lowdown in a more immediate fashion. Christian and Jacob are also going to be on there. We are probably also going to do some something on locker room for that. Uh, we're still working out the kinks on on that front as well. And then Monday we have a fun guest for uh, my show. And on either Sun for either game one or game two, we will be having a live chat on Silver Screen and Roll. I'm still deciding uh, which you know which one of those games we're going to do that during, but the, we will be having one of those for game one or game two. So keep an there eye out go. for that. We will put an article up on the site announcing which game it is. There you go. A lot of good stuff planned for you guys for this. I, We literally just had a meeting today with uh, the other audio producers uh, figuring out everything to, to, to make available for you guys. So it's it's really exciting. This is going to be really, really fun uh, so long as the Lakers, you know, play their best players. Have a great weekend, everybody. 